Thank you for choosing this podcast from the Calling Community Church. Our mission is to create space for all people, to experience the compassionate love of the Father, and to discover the calling He has for their life. Please enjoy the message today, recorded live inside the Wilson Performing Arts Auditorium at Platte County High School in Platte City, Missouri. All right, that was awesome and a great lead-in to our message this morning. But the, the worship this morning, wasn't the worship just awesome? Okay, that was really weak. Is, is my mic on, David? Let me try that again. Wasn't the worship awesome this morning? Okay, so the, the first response there makes me think you weren't listening to the words, so that's why I grabbed it. It says, who the sun sets free is free indeed. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. So do you believe that? Because if you don't believe that, then you can't have peace that Brady was just talking about. And so it's an honor to be here this morning to talk to you about another name of God. Uh, This one is uh, Jehovah Shalom. How many of you have ever heard the phrase Shalom before? It's famous and, and often used in the Jewish language, but, but how many of you, uh, you, can, you would say right now, uh, you know that that word shalom means peace? How many of you say right now, Steve, I could use some peace in my life? Most of us, right? How many of you say, I could use a double dose of peace in my life? Yeah, I, I figured there might be just as many hands up for needing that double dose of peace in their lives. And I know that's, that's true for me, and I, I'm so thankful that, that Brady offered me the opportunity to share this morning um, with you all because um, it's been something that I have to be honest with you, I've been struggling with in my own life is, is this, you know, getting peace. been having a lot of transitions at work and some things going on that have been causing me to maybe have unnecessary worries and, and stress and things like that. It, can I get anybody else in that? Having some things at life that are maybe ca- or at work that are causing maybe some stress and some anxiety. And so I've, I've kind of been dealing with that. So when Brady asked me to, to speak on, on peace, I was like, well, uh, I'm going to have to really get my game on here and do some studying because this is an area that, that you know, lately, I, I, I used to, people, when I, I was an RA in college, and uh, some of the guys on my floor, I had 85 guys on my floor that I was a resident assistant for, and some of them said, Steve, you're like comatose. And I was like, what do you mean? And they were like, man, some, the fire, there could be a fire in the building, and you just be like, okay, guys, come on, we're going to file out, and just in this kind of calm nature. But, you know, sometimes lately, Transitions happen, and, and sometimes we, we lose our focus on those things. And so the interesting thing to me is that people will kind of go to whatever limits to find peace. And, and however, most people don't achieve it, if, if you think about it. Um, people try many things to pursue peace, right? They'll, they'll try diversions, entertainment, alcohol, drugs, addictions. We, we, unfortunately, especially in the society today, we try so many things to find peace. And so the question that I have for you this morning is where can you go to find peace? Where can you go to find peace? I, I was reading a story about a retired couple and they did this massive study about trying to find an inhabited area of the earth, not, not uninhabited, but an inhabited area with people groups that would be the safest place for them to retire and live out the rest of their years that would have no threat of nuclear war. So what they did is they moved to the Falkland Islands in Christmas of 1981, 
And get this, they sent a letter back to their pastor. We love it here. It's so peaceful. This is Christmas of 1981. Four months later, in April of 1982, Britain and Argentina were having a battle and a war on the Falkland Islands four months later. Okay, so I don't think they found the peace. But here's the problem. The reason why so many of us can't find peace is because we're looking for a place. We're looking for a place. And let me see if I can get this on here so we can follow along. Um, it's not a place. It's a person. Amen. I hadn't thought about that in a while, Brady. So I was studying for this this week. So many of us, we're, we're trying so many things. We're looking at so many areas and so many places. But the, the place of peace is a person. It's not a place. It, it's a person. It's God himself. The one who now, as we just sang about, says that you are now in him. We are a, Christ, we are a child of God. There's two kinds of peace that we need to comprehend. There's two avenues of peace that, that uh, when you are trying to discover lasting and fulfilling peace. The first one, the first peace is spiritual peace. Spiritual peace is peace with God. Okay? Spiritual peace is peace with God. Spiritual peace is in the heart. We're going to talk about another type of peace that's in the mind. But spiritual peace is in the heart. And here's the thing about spiritual peace. Is you can't have emotional peace, that peace that we're all looking for, that, that shalom peace, okay? You, you can't have that peace until you have made peace with your creator in your heart. So that's the first thing we have to talk about is, is making peace with God. And, and I read about a story of an individual. He went to a doctor for an examination. And he said, Doc, I've got troubles everywhere I look. I've got troubles in my business. I've got troubles at home. I've got troubles in my marriage. Everywhere. I'm just plain run down. And so the doctor did an exam on him, did a physical. And after the exam, he said, well, you're not run down. <laughs> in fact, you're just the opposite you are wound up is the problem. How many of you feel like you're wound up and maybe that's what your issues are, right? In this society we live in today, it's easy to do that, right? And so he says, well, doc, then give me something to slow me down. You know, give me, give me something like tranquilizers. The doctor said, what do you want? He said, I don't know. Give me tranquilizers, some prescription, something that will slow me down since I'm so wound up. And so the doctor said, very well. He writes out a prescription. He hands it to the guy. The guy doesn't even look at it, puts it in his pocket. He heads right to the nearest pharmacy, hands the pharmacist the prescription, the pharmacist looks at the prescription, kind of looks back at him, reads it again, says, uh, I'm sorry, sir, we can't fill this here. <laughs> the guy goes, what do you mean you can't fill this here? This is a pharmacy, right? Aren't you a pharmacist? I gave you, this is a prescription from my doctor. I, can't you fill this prescription here? I mean, this is what you do, isn't it? And he said, sorry, we don't stock this in our store, sir. If you want it filled, go home and get your Bible. The guy was like, What? What is he talking about? He grabs the prescription back, goes out to his car. He's reading this thing. He looks at the prescription. For, this is the first time he's read the prescription that the doctor handed to him in the office. And it says, take three doses of Romans 5 every day. He says, what is this? So he goes home. He reads Romans 5.1. It says, therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God. Now, that might be the third cross for those of you that are jotting down crosses on your paper there, okay? And I don't know if we're counting shaloms also. But <laughs> so we have peace with God. Another one for you. 
because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Now read that again. We have peace with God because not of what we do, but because of what our Lord has already done for us. Have you ever thought about that? The peace that we're pursuing is something that we already have access to because of what he has already done for us. So immediately this man calls the doctor and he says, what do you mean by this prescription, this Romans 5.1, this Bible verse? And the doctor said, sir, your trouble is spiritual, not physical. He said, what you need, sir, is peace. And I can't give that to you. There's no doctor that can give that to you. There's no doctor that can give you a pill or a shot that's going to give you peace, sir. He said, only God can give you peace. So the first type of peace that we need to have is a spiritual peace, and that is peace with God. That's when we have to get that relationship God with God, our creator, right in our heart. The second kind of peace is, oh, before you can experience personal peace, again, that heart of God, is you must receive the prince of peace in your life. I, I wanted to put that up there again, thinking about it's when you're receiving peace, think about who he is. He is Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is peace, and he is the prince of peace. So that's, that's what you have to have in your heart. So here's the thing. Second type of peace is emotional peace. This is the peace of God, okay? So the spiritual one is peace with God, and I put the little heart symbol there because, again, that is a transaction that has to happen in your heart. So peace with God, that spiritual one, is in your heart. But then the second one, the one that most of us in this room are challenged with, I hope most of you have already taken care of the first one, and you've made things good with your creator, and you've had that heart transaction, and you've asked the Lord to come into your heart and save you. But if you've done that already, if you've already taken care of that transaction and you've made peace with your creator and asked him to be Lord of your life, many of us are still struggling with peace. And why is that? It's because we don't understand how to conquer the second type of peace, which is emotional peace, which is our minds. See, the, the, the peace that most of us are struggling with is not a heart issue. Most of us in this room that have already asked Christ in their hearts. It's amazing to me there are so many churches across the nation today that have people that are sitting in the pews that are full of stress and anxiety and doubt and worry and fear. And they're Christians. And why is that? Because they don't have this thing figured out up here in the mind. And that's just the facts. So here's the thing. The world defines peace mostly in negative terms that are without trouble. You have peace if you don't have trouble, if you're free from stress, if you're free from worry, if you're free from anxiety. See what I mean? It's the absence of trouble is how the world typically defines peace. So that's how the peace defines it, but that's not how the Bible views peace. So let's go back to that word that, that, uh, that Brady gave for this morning, Jehovah Shalom. Shalom meaning peace. It's interesting that that is a common greeting for Jewish people even today. And I've been reading from an individual, Dr. Rabbi Lappin, lately. A friend of mine gave me a book about a month ago. It's a great book. It's actually a business book. Um, and, and, and in there, I saw, I read, I, was, I researched him on the, on the internet to see, well, how, do, how does he define the word shalom and peace? And he was describing on this page that I found, he says, you know, the reason why Jewish people use shalom, that's much more than just hi. It's, not, it's much more than just what's up. When they greet somebody, the reason why Jewish people say shalom, they're actually imparting a blessing on that person. They're wishing upon them peace, fulfillment, 
and contentment. So turn to your neighbor to your right and wish them a blessing of shalom right now. Okay, that wasn't very impressive, so try it and turn to the left and try to the person to your left now. And give them a blessing of shalom with meaning, all right, and intent, that you wish peace upon them. So here's the thing. This is very important. Follow this in John 14, 27. This is the Bible's version of peace, what, what it means. And, and here's the thing. Do you realize that blessing that you just gave to the person to your right and left, that shalom, that blessing for peace, contentment, fulfillment, but that's the same blessing that your creator desires for you? Not just hope someday that you'll have. It's not just a phrase out there. He actually desires you are his child. Parents, you know, what do you, do, what do you desire for your children? You desire that they'll have peace, that they'll have fulfillment, right? They'll fulfill lives. Your God, your creator desires that for you. And so read this. It says, I am leaving with you a gift. This is what Jesus said to his disciples before he left them, before he went to be on the right-hand throne of God. He said, I am leaving you a gift. So he says, the peace I give you, I'm leaving you a gift, and the, the gift is peace of mind and heart. Now think about that for a minute. Before he left the disciples, he said, the gift I'm leaving you is peace, shalom, peace of mind peace of heart. And he says, this is a gift. The peace I give is a gift the world cannot give, just like that doctor told his patient. So don't be troubled or afraid. Everyone who knows Christ, you've taken care of that first transaction with your heart. You've made peace with God. You can go through any problem, even death, loss of a loved one, and you can still have peace in your heart. You know, that's something people who don't have Christ in their heart don't understand. When they go to a funeral, how are these people saying, this is a celebration? You just lost a loved one. It's because of that peace that only God can provide, right? And I know sometimes we say that without processing it. So this morning, I'm hoping that you'll process it. And again, peace is not an absence of conflict in God's terms. In God's terms, it's a fulfillment, it's a blessing in your life to help you to have the ability to cope with the stresses, with the pressures, with the frustrations, the conflicts of life. So the question is, how do we maintain this gift of the peace of God in our lives? Right? So he gave us this gift of pe this peace of our mind and our hearts. So how do we maintain this, right? We all were saying, yeah, I need a double dose of that. Well, how do we do that? How do we maintain this peace in our lives? Well, let's go back to Romans, and I believe he was writing this in prison when he wrote this, Paul, the Apostle Paul, to the church in Rome, and he says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. What is the pattern of this world that we defined earlier? It's stress, it's anxiety, it's trying to find some place where we can have absence of conflict, right? He says, don't be conformed to that pattern. Instead, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. See, here's an important thing to remember. Most of life's battles are won or lost in the mind. 
I was telling Cherie, I, you know, it's been a while since I've read Joyce Meyer's book, but I was looking up some things on the internet, and that book's been out there for years, and she's written dozens of books, but that's her most popular book because it talks about something that's so important, The Battlefield of the Mind by Joyce Meyer. See, most, most of our battles are won and lost in the mind once we get the heart transaction right. Then we've got to get the, the battle of the mind taken care of. So here's the thought. And I actually share this in business trainings with the company I work with. I do training for our, our independent distributors, entrepreneurs that own businesses. And I tell them, here's the thing. If you change your thinking, your mindset, this few inches between your two ears, you change your life. You want to have success. You want to you get rid of stress in your life. You have to start here. Okay? Once you've taken care of this, then you move to making of, of the peace of God, that gift that he's given us, and so he's given us the tools to do that. If we'll just obey them, he's already given them to us. And so change your thinking and you change your life. When you know that if we don't change the way we think, how can we ever change the way that we live? Seriously. If we don't change the way that we think, how can we ever change the way that we live? How can we ever get out of that mindset of stress, of anxiety, if we don't change the way that we live? So, going back to Paul, this is powerful. I had to get it on two slides here to get it all on there, because I want to go through all, four, and this is where we're going to be. If you've got your Bibles, you want to turn to, might want to turn to Philippians 4, 6 through 9. We'll refer back to it a couple times. Philippians 4, and again, he's writing this. The Apostle Paul is writing these words. Now, think about this. Not from a comfortable seat in an auditorium like we're in today. Not from in a recliner in his chair with the Chiefs game on, Okay. But here's, here, he's writing these words. He penned these words when he was under house arrest. And he said, he, and he wrote this letter to encourage the church in Philippi, in Philippians. In Philippians 4, 6 through 9, he says, Do not be anxious about anything. This is a guy who's been in prison. And he says, Don't be anxious about anything. What does anything mean? Everything, right? This is a guy from prison writing this. Don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, would you guys just help me out with this so I make sure you're with me? Say that every situation, okay? But in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Present your request to God. And the peace of God, another cross on your papers there, right? And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Do you realize that I read you that verse from John 14 that was written by someone else, and that was the words of Jesus, and now here's Paul saying, what does he say about the peace? The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds. Which is a reference back to John 14, Jesus' words that he left to his disciples. Then in verse 8, finally, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Think about those things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me, again, this is the Apostle Paul talking to the church in Rome that he had launched, that he had planted, Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. 
Put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. Let me read that again. Whatever you have learned to receive from me, put it into practice first. And then you get the second line. And the God of peace will be with you. See, I tell people in my business trainings, here's the thing. You could come to a training, you spend thousands of dollars, sit through that, take great notes, take that manual home. But if you don't put into practice what you just spent thousands of dollars to come to that training for, then it is all for naught. You just wasted those thousands of dollars. Well, it's the same thing when we sit in church and Brady pours out his heart in those sermons and we hear the sermon and we say, yeah, that was good, Brady. But if we go home and we don't put it into practice, guess what happens? According to this Bible verse, it says in Romans, then the God of, we don't have access to that peace that we're talking about because it says you got to put it into practice first is what Paul told us if we're going to have peace. Now, some of you are saying, Steve, you're talking about peace and you've got a lot of, you know, intensity up there. How can you be talking so intensely about peace? Well, you can have peace and be pursuing peace, but have passion about it, right? Is that all right? Okay. So here's the thing. We've got to be thinking about what happens to most of us is instead of thinking on those Lovely things, those admirable things, those praiseworthy things. What do we allow ourselves to do if we're honest with ourselves? What happens is we allow ourselves to start thinking about runaway thoughts, right? So, you know, it's, it's like we got students in here and you're, you're studying for a big exam and you're just trying to study for that exam and you start thinking all these thoughts about, well, yeah, if I don't pass this test to get a good grade on this test, I may not get the, the grades, the GPA that I need to get into that good college. And if I don't get into that good college, I might, get, might not get that degree that I need to get so I can get that good job. If I don't get that good job or get in the right college, I might not meet that person, that, that special one person that I'm supposed to meet, even though right now there's you know, no opportunities on the horizon that you see, but this is what you're thinking about, right? And so what happens is, and then we start thinking about that, and then, then we all of a sudden process, and we go to a whole nother level. This is this runaway thoughts or mindset. Then we start thinking about, man, and if all that happens, I may not have kids. Then you start reversing runaway thoughts the other, and if I have kids, well, there's going to be all that frustration and everything, and then all the expense, then I got to have all the expense because then they might need braces, and how expensive is that? And then I got to buy them a car, and the car has insurance, and there's all these expenses that I've got to worry about, and your mind's just racing, and then you're saying, and how am I going to pay for all that? Because I haven't even paid for my college bills yet, right? You see how our thought, is anybody crazy like me, and your runaway thoughts go like that? Yeah. And why does that happen? Why, do we, why, do we, why does our mind start chasing all these crazy thoughts? Because we're not thinking on the things that the Apostle Paul says we should be thinking on. The peace of God. We're not putting our trust in the peace of God. That's why that happens. So what we've got to do is I've got to hurry. <laughs> so, uh, so here, we've got to move on here. Here it says, I just got to share this with you. Life will always move Please write this down if you've taken it. Your life will always move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. That's fact. Your life will move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. If your strongest thoughts are focused on your creator, if your strongest thoughts are focused on pursuing being a disciple of Christ, well, what does that mean? He was the perfect person. If we're pursuing being a disciple of Christ, then we are a person, we become a person who's trustworthy and honorable, right? And it changes your mind. It changes your mind. So, here, and let me tell you something. Jesus did not say, he didn't say this. He didn't say, let your hearts be troubled. That's not what he said. He said, do not let your hearts be troubled. The angels, when he was born, when the baby Christ was born in Bethlehem, that, that choir of angels, they didn't sing out glory to God in the highest stress and anxiety on all of earth. That's not what they sang. What did they sing? 
They sang glory to God in the highest and what? Help me out. Peace on earth. You ever thought about that? At his birth, what did the angels proclaim? Because of his birth, peace on earth. That's what was proclaimed. And by the way, the apostle Paul didn't say be anxious about everything. But many of us act like he did. But that's not what he wrote. What did he write? While sitting in a prison cell, Paul wrote these words, do not be anxious about anything. That's what he wrote, writing, sitting in a prison cell. So here's the thing that we've got to do. This is so incredible to me. I found out something researching for this message that I never knew before. Get this. When you pray, when you pray, you move the heart of God and prayer actually changes the chemistry in your brain. Scientific fact, there is a book by Dr. Carolyn Leaf. It's called Switch on Your Brain. Some of us need to switch on our brains, right? And so Dr. Carolyn Leaf, they've studied this, and they said it has been found that if you pray and meditate for 12 minutes, a daily focused prayer over an eight-week period can change the brain to such an extent that it can be measured on a brain scan. The, they can actually see a transformation happening in your brain if you pray for at least 12 minutes a day consistently. By eight weeks, they can actually measure, a, they can see a visible difference in your brain on a brain scan. That's amazing. So what does that say to us? What's the pathway to peace? What's the pathway to peace? The pathway, the pathway to peace, to fix it right in our mind, is prayer. And that's sometimes what I have to be honest with you, where I don't always go to prayer first sometimes. And sometimes, how many of you ever heard this? Well, you know, somebody's got a challenge and they say, well, I, I, all I can do now, I guess, is pray. You ever heard that? Well, we, this, all this is happening. Well, I guess all I can do now is pray. Man, what do you think our Heavenly Father's thinking when he hears that? Right? But here's the thing. Prayer is powerful. Do you, when you think about it, when you are praying, you are going before the throne of the creator of the universe, the holy God, and he allows us, we don't have to shackle something around our, our, our waist, and there doesn't have to be lambs killed and all that thing, and we don't have to hesitantly walk through the curtain tents like the Israelites did years ago. At any time, any time we have access because of what Christ did on the cross for us to give us direct access to the creator of the earth, and yet we disregard it all the time. And we got so much going on we don't have time to pray, right? And we wonder why we're stressed. And if we'd stop and pray, pray is the prayer is the pathway to peace. If we stop and pray, that, that prayer, that pathway might help you change the stress and anxiety in your life and allow the peace of God, the shalom, to come into your life. So not only does prayer move the heart of God, but prayer changes your mind. Now let me share something with you. Romans 8, 5, and 6. This is really powerful here. He says, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, remember what we said earlier, how do you have peace? You have to have the renewing of your mind. Those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Let me repeat that. Letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, 
control your mind leads to life, leads to peace. Paul is saying, instead of letting my sinful nature control my mind, choose to let the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, direct your thinking because that is part of the gift that God gave us being imparted on us, is that the Holy Spirit can come into our lives and help direct our thinking. Worry is the opposite of peace, and can't co- they can't coexist. Have you ever thought about that? Worry is the opposite of peace. So when we're worrying, that means that we are shutting out the opportunity for the peace of God to come in our lives. So, here's... Uh, let me back up something. I've got an illustration here I've got to show you, okay? Here's how most of us handle things. How many of you say you've got a lot of worries in your life? We've got, we got a lot of worries in our life. How many of you have worries in your life? I know I do, okay? Here's what most of us do. We've got this big box of worries, and we've got all these worries we put in this box, box of worries, and then we have this box over here. And sometimes... We'll say, last resort, I don't know what else to do, so I'm going to give this to God. I've done everything else, so I'm going to pray, I'm going to give this to God. And we take that worry, and we put it in this little box here, okay? And then what do we do? Okay, you didn't do anything, i got to take that back. Seriously. That's what we do. We say, hey, I'm giving this to you, God. And then it doesn't happen fast enough for the answer that we thought we were getting right away. And what do we do? Oh, well, you couldn't handle that, God, so I'm taking that back, putting it in my box. You know what the problem is? I'm speaking to me. It's too many times. I've got my vision for God is too small. My God is too small. So what we need is to reverse it. We need to make our God bigger, and we need to make our worries smaller. That's what we got to do. If you want peace, you got to start giving your worries to God. You got you to start taking those worries, and you give them to God. How you do that, the pathway is prayer, okay? And you give them to God. And then you, you let God take care of it. You don't worry about it because you gave it to God, right? Now, I know some of you are saying, well, that's not very rational. Where's my brother Dan? Dan's right there. He's a very rational thinker, right? He's a finance man and all that. So I know some of you are saying, well, that's not very rational. Just take my anxieties, my worries, just give it to God. Well, what happens when the bills come? I just say, hey, you know, bills, they're just going to get paid on their own. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that at all, okay? There's a practical strategy to how you apply this principle, okay? Then here's what you got to do. This is, this is how you apply the practical strategy. Here's the practical strategy. What I have to do is I do what I can do first. Okay? I do what I can do first. Then I give God what I can't do. I do what I can do first. So, example, if you have a health issue, right? If you've got a, if you've got a health issue, what do you got to do? What you've got to do is you have to, if you've got a health issue, you've got to start doing some things. Eating right. Exercise, do what you can do. Go to the doctor. Do what you can do. 
But once you've done what you can do, you're eating right, you've changed your diet, you're exercising, you've gone to the doctor. Once you've done what you can do, then what you got to do is take it and give it to God. Does that make sense? Okay. For example, uh, just another example, so many people are finances. Do what you can do. You know, create a budget. Stop spending more than you make. There's a novel idea, right? Do what you can do. Once I've done what I can do, I've done my budget. I'm trying to figure out ways to handle my budget. I'm doing everything. I've done all the steps. I'm not just sitting back in the recliner with my feet up, but I've done what I can do. Once you've done what you can do, then you give it to God and let him do what you can't do. But here's the key that a lot of us miss. And, and by the way, what he, what he can do that we can't do, okay, is what he can do that we can't do is things like this. You're praying for a friend who's got health issues. We got, we've had a lot of people in the church lately who have been having health issues. And you're praying fervently for them. So do your due diligence. Pray for them. Offer them comfort and peace. But you can't keep worrying about it because after you've done what you can do, you've got to give it to God and let him do what you can't do. And then you got to do the third thing. That's when you have to trust God no matter what. See, that's the practical thing. Instead of just saying our God is too small, so I'm going to handle this on my own, and that brings all kinds of worries and stress and anxiety, do what you can do. Do what you need. It's, it's all written in the Bible. We just, have to, we just have to read it, right? But then what do you have to do? Put it into practice. Remember what it said? Paul said you have to put it into practice, and then you will have the peace of God. So I do what I can do. I put it into practice. Once I put it into practice, then if I'm going to experience the peace of God, what I have to do is I have to take that and put it in his hands. Because here's the thing. We just sung about it. What did we just sing about? Who I am. We just sang about who the sun sets free. I am free indeed. I am a child of God. So if you believed what you just sang, then what you've got to do is then you take those worries, this is you now, and you put it in his hands. And now you are actually covered in Christ. He's your father. You, you put yourself in his hands, and you trust him no matter what. And then then you can experience shalom. Then you can experience the peace of God that he desires for you. If the worship team will come forward. Here's what we got to do. If your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts right now, can I ask you something? Do you like the direction your thoughts are taking you? Man, when I was preparing for this, I started thinking about that. I was like, hey, Brady, we've shared some challenges lately, you know? And I said, man, the direction of my thoughts is keeping the peace of God. I've been making him this little small box. It's time for me to give him my worries. It's time for me to do what I can do and let him do what I can't do and then trust him no matter what. Trust him no matter what. If you don't control what you think, you will never control what you do.
So let me just give you, so how do you do that? How do you trust him? One more practical thing, okay? So I didn't want to just talk about peace of God this morning and have you not be able to leave here and have some steps on how you can experience that, right? So I want to leave you with one last thing here, okay? And that's this, is if I can get it to move forward. So I don't know if maybe you took over. Can you advance that? If not, let me just share this, okay? Here's the thing. Here's what you got to do is identify the truth. Identify the truth that sets you free, okay? Identify the truth from the Bible. We read a lot of them this morning that sets you free. Once you identify the truth, write it. Write it down. Write it down. Identify the truth that sets you free from the, from the stressful thinking, so the, the truth that helps you, you know, I'm going to do what I can do. Identify the truth. Write it down. Then confess it. I'm sorry. Then think it. Think about that truth, okay? And then confess it until you believe it. Think about that truth and then confess it until you believe it. Let me give you an example. Truth. Jesus is Lord of my life. He saved me. He forgave me of my sins. So that means I exist to serve and glorify him. Truth. I can be disciplined in Christ. I can renew my mind because of what he has given me. So Christ in me is stronger than the wrong desires in me. Did you catch that? Truth. Christ is strong in me. Write it down. Think about it. Christ is in me is stronger than the wrong desires in me. And then confess it until you believe it. And, uh, truth. I'm growing closer. I'm trying to go closer to Jesus every day. And if I go closer to Jesus, then he is going to bring peace that only he can provide into my life and take away the stress and the anxiety. I am blessed, truth. I am blessed beyond measure. Do you believe that? That you're blessed beyond measure because you're a child of God? That's a truth. That's a fact. Write it down. Think about it. When you're thinking about that you're blessed beyond measure, it blocks out those other thoughts from happening. And you confess that, that you're blessed beyond measure until you believe it. Truth, my words, my thoughts, they are under the power of Christ's Holy Spirit, and I can take all those thoughts captive and obedient to Christ. That's the truth. All the thoughts I can take captive and I can give them to Christ. That's the truth. Write it down. Think about it. Confess it until you believe it. And when you're thinking about that, stress, you can't think stressful thoughts. <laughs> you can't be worried. It's hard to be anxious. I know some of us need medicine to help with things like that. I'm not saying to stop, you know, those, you know, if you've got a medical prescription, but I'm saying that if you do these things, I guarantee you to improve those thoughts that you have. If you give them to God, you still need, might need to take that medicine, but give it to God. Truth. He is stronger. My words and my thoughts are under the power of Christ. Write it down. Think it confess it until you believe it. Amen. Declare what's true about you. Here's another one. I got to give you just a couple more. You are not a hostage to unhealthy thoughts. You have divine power to demolish strongholds of those thoughts. That's the truth. Think about it. Confess it. Another one. Worry. Some of you need to hear this. Worry is not your master. Amen. Trust in God. 
His peace guards your heart. His peace guards your mind and guards your soul in Christ Jesus. Last one, last example. Truth. You are not a slave to your habits. You are not a slave to your habits. You are not a prisoner to an addiction. You are not. You're not a prisoner to an addiction. Right? Not a prisoner to an addiction. It can be overcome. You have been rescued from the power of darkness and brought into the kingdom of God's life. You can't control what happens to you, but you can control how you frame it. Can't control what happens to you, but you can control how you frame it. So stop interpreting things, stop interpreting God through circumstances. Stop interpreting God through circumstances and start interpreting circumstances through the goodness and the peace of God. Start interpreting circumstances through the goodness and the peace of God. And most importantly, cover everything you do in prayer because prayer is the pathway to peace, the peace of God. Thanks again for choosing this podcast from the Calling Community Church. We hope it leaves you encouraged. If you need more information about the church or need to talk to someone about prayer or faith in Jesus, please visit our website, thecallingcommunitychurch.com and fill out the contact form. We look forward to hearing from you and hope you have a blessed day.